All right, welcome back, everybody. We are Social Distance Podcasters back. We've got Jonesy here, and we've got George does appear on the show today and gives us a very good insight into what the Olympics is like during a pandemic. He's fired up for the road race. We also go into, uh, I go into a big rant about what the Olympics meant to me and what it means now. And uh, Jonesy shares a couple of stories that involve alcohol, like always. So like, share, subscribe. It's not working, Jonesy. <laughs> they don't want to be locked into a, a house or an apartment. Got to follow the social distancing rule. And some nuff dicks were getting tested. They're going in and doing a shop. <laughs> COVID. I had it. Detective so, George Bennett. Yeah, he's a ballin. Absolutely. Yours, don't say hello to you. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually genuinely embarrassed. I broke my back. A vertebrae or, or a partial? Spinal. Wait, Josie, just do that Do that thing where you just put Bill's talking. Let me see. I can hear him first. Cookie on Survivor. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> well, yeah, bait and cook. Green jersey winner 2003, and everyone knows Cookie, like, you'd agree, Bills. Of all the people you've met in cycling, he's one of the best storytellers or the most passionate. So when I heard he was going on Australian Survivor, I was like, oh, fucking hell, this is going to be epic. But he did, like, a, a two-week boot camp before he went on Survivor all and right. chatted to, to the Rat Rogers who was on it, uh, Matt Rogers, the former, like, rugby player. And I think he's he's been given, like, heaps of strategy. On like you know how to fucking win it because so he won like, it, eh, Matt to... Rogers, mm. or mm. is he playing to make himself look? Well, he wants to win it, obviously. Yeah. So there must be strategies on Survivor. It's not like just roll up and you know just fucking survive. It's like you've got to learn how to snake people and tribes and and then when is Cookie Survivor was like a real sort of like drink your own piss kind of vibe, or is it more like you know nah. wrangle? It's nah. not that kind of thing. It's nah. like um, I, I started watching the first episode last night. I only got halfway through it because it was pretty long. Um, but no, I, I haven't watched Survivor for years, but I do remember watching it back in the day. I think it's like you just got to do like little games and tasks and things, but at the same time, you've got to survive not getting voted off by your peers, eh? Yeah. It's we kind can't of a fine be... line there, right? you got to be good mm. but not real good to everyone goes like, oh, this guy's yeah. right, you know? That's the first thing you do. If I was on Survivor and I was like, identified someone as really good and a real threat early on, I'd be like, get rid of this guy. Mm. Yeah. You, you almost want to be, goof. yeah, you almost want to be real useless. Like, just go, mm. oh, I don't know how to start a fire. And then, like, when someone does finally get the fire started up, like, three days of trying and, like, rub sticks together, you just throw water on it or something. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> just really butcher it. <laughs> but the, the thing is, I right, instantly. Uh, I'd keep Jonesy around just because um, he's good for yarns, but I'd get rid of you straight away. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I just went out in Girona for like five minutes to get a coffee. And like you never wear, I'm wearing a Hawthorne Hawks singlet. Singlets are a real risk in the summer, eh? Because you haven't got a filter under the armpit. And mm. it's just like, it's so hot here. I wouldn't survive in the Australian Outback. No way. Tell me about it. I'm running oh. a singing in Japan right now. Yeah. How is it over there? That's good. New Zealand's gone with the um the team kit, the bogan, the bogan yeah, nice. um like oh, quintessential oh, New yeah. Zealand. Like all we needed was like a pair of red bands or some jandals or something, and like a I was thinking like one of those um back flaps. Yeah, I yeah. Am too. We did get a bucket hat actually. 
Yeah, how nice. much kit do you get? That's always intrigued me because for me, you know, they always go, you know, I'm not rolled up to the games just for a tracksuit. If it was me, fuck that. That's all I want. <laughs> I want tracksuit to just rock around G Town for the next three and a half, four years. Mate, you get you get you get a lot of kit. That when from Beijing and London, I only kept a couple of bit items of kit though. I gave a fair bit to like the old man, he wears it still. I kept a couple of t-shirts, but I gave most of it away to um like the volunteers at the in the village before I left. And I just kept the opening ceremony shirt, which is always pretty cool. Uh, my blazer. And I think I might have kept my tracksuit top. What's the opening ceremony shirt? Is that like, do they do like a, we don't, obviously there's no opening ceremony. We don't get one. No, they used to do like a special, like a one-off, like a, like a dress shirt for the opening ceremony. It was different to the rest of the kit. Like, Oh no, we don't. Yeah, we they're quite like cool. A special so. homage to um, David Bain. We got like a, a knitted jumper, bright blue jumper. So that was quite a <laughs> good, good like touch. Quite fitting, eh? Um, People don't know who David Bain is. Google him. Who's yeah. David Bain? The magician? No. That's, um, that, that's David <laughs> Blaine. <laughs> David Bain's a serial killer in New Zealand. Ah, uh, okay. I'm not well, he, no, he is he though? No, that, well, did he? That's the thing. No one knows. Oh, that's a can of worms. Yeah, he got that. Yeah. So. Oh, let's talk about David Bain. No. He, well, he, he, did, he did 15 years in jail, and then he was eventually acquitted. Um, okay. 15 years later. But the police basically like went like, we know you did it, but we can't ping you for it. Mm. So why did they tri- do a tribute to him? Did he get locked up with a blue sweater or something? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think, think they did. <laughs> I don't think it was. It wasn't, it wasn't like DB embroidered on the... <laughs> He's famous for wearing horrific sweaters. Yeah. So what's the, what's, the, what's the vibe like in uh, Tokyo, GB? Oh, I'm out in Gotemba. It's actually all right. Um, I just feel like I'm at Tour Down Under. We're just all the cyclists locked into one hotel. Uh, me and Patty are pretty cozy in here. This is our little uh, little get up. Oh, it's a nice oh, room. Yeah. yeah, it's very um, Japanese sized room. It makes me realize how efficient Japanese people must pack, or how just how clean. Because like, this doesn't go well with two Kiwis that just got a shitload of gear, um, and you know, love to spread all around the room. And then, you know, there's no cupboards or anything. You know, so we're just mm. operating a pretty. Um, close quarters environment at the moment but yeah it's all good um so like... what's the story what's the story with the with the bubble there obviously you like you can only leave your hotel to go training and then mm. for the for, for the events but all the cyclists are in the same hotel that's considered one bubble so you all are you all in the same restaurant or you got to eat in your rooms or yeah, we all got eat together it's real weird so basically i'm allowed it's actually like excruciating boring because you're either allowed to train outside which is sweet and then you can eat in this all like buffet style which is you know whatever and then you have to just sit in your room there's no common areas there's nothing so you're just in your room um and you're not allowed to stop which is pretty interesting because if you've forgotten something you're up shit creek like we don't have like enough sunscreen or we don't have like oats so no one's allowed to go to the supermarket so whatever you don't bring you can't go get oh yeah um yeah you're not allowed you're not allowed to interact with the japanese and japanese having a good time over here like Everyone talked about how they didn't want the Olympics, but they love it. And also, like, everyone's charging around normal life. Most people aren't wearing masks. People are out boating on the lake and stuff. Like, it's, but how, it's but like, how do you know that they're loving if you can't mix with them? It's just the vibe. Oh, this way. It's just very waving. We're very <laughs> waving focused. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I, reckon, I reckon the hotel, like, although 
yeah, you can argue that, I mean, you've, you've obviously done an Olympics where you stayed in the village. Did you stay in the village in Rio? Yeah. So you've had the, you've had the village experience and like, ultimately well, really you go to, in Rio, they remember they were like, basically, if you leave the, if you leave the village, you're going to get mugged. And if you don't get mugged, you're getting Zika. So, mm. you know, and don't drink the water. So they basically just so, scared you into staying in your room anyway. Actually, when you come to think about it, the Olympics have been real virus-based Olympics the last couple, eh? Zika, yeah. Corona. Um, mm. But what I was going to, what the point I, I was getting Chlamydia at was, was the big worry in London. <laughs> yeah. I think that's sort of been quite rampant most Olympics. It's <laughs> been um, around. It's been doing well, since they, the 20s. Don't I they have the no, the no rooting beds in Tokyo? They're all made out of cardboard. So if you make too much bouncing on it, they'll snap. Mm. Do you hear about that? Uh, yeah, but I'd go as far to say that I don't think that's going to deter people with the Olympics. I'd just go as far to say that most, most sort of, you know, cyclists at least, pretty missionary. I think you'd be right. Um, yeah. Well, there's... You, that's what the floor's for. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what I was what I was getting at before you guys went real, real like left field. Yes, was yes. The Olympics ultimately, George, you're there to try to succeed and have have and and perform and win a medal or whatever. But you can't deny the fact that the Olympic Village experience and the Olympic experience outside of a pandemic is pretty cool, you know. And obviously, you're not going to get that this year. You're in a hotel quite far from from Tokyo and stuff. But what I was going to say was that's actually not a bad option at the moment because have you seen the villages? It's it's there already. COVID's already in the village. Like, is it? Yeah, there's been like uh, the South African sevens team, rugby team. They're in isolation. Uh, mm -hmm. A female um, gymnast from uh, America. She she was positive for COVID the other day. They haven't released who it was yet because obviously that's like the American gym, gymnast team is like that's their superstars. They win gold medals from. Every, every uh, single time. You don't so wish COVID on anybody, but remember that girl that was real pouty, and when she didn't win, she got silver, and she had like massive. Do you remember her famous no. photo from from the last one when she was standing? Oh, there she just... cracked it. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But yeah, apparently mm. it's it's sort of it's in. I was watching CNN uh, yesterday morning, and they said yeah, it's 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 in the village now, so it's going to be pretty. Pretty dicey couple of weeks, I imagine the IOC and the organisers will be feeling. Mate, nervous. I, th I think the road race is perfect. Like, get in, get out, get your mm -hmm. tracksuit, get out. Yeah, like don't muck around. But how's it been seeing the guys that have done the tour? Because the turnaround time is nothing. Like, there'd oh, be nothing worse than. Yeah, if you've ripped it up, had an awesome tour, like you know, Walt Van Art, all you want to be doing is just charging for two or three days just to celebrate. You know, bag a heap of cash from the post tour crits. Nah, straight on plane, straight to Tokyo, and you just be like, oh, fuck that. I don't know if, like, um, people, I think that's a real Australian, New Zealand thing to just absolutely launch after a goal. Mm. I think yeah, right. yeah, most people rein it in a bit and start thinking about Inico Tour. So I don't know if that's really, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. Well, well I, this, so this is a problem. Every athlete that doesn't think like Aussies and New Zealanders, they always get to the point of their career where they look back and they go, yeah, I just didn't enjoy it as much as I should have. <laughs> You know, like they always go, oh, I just got, I was too serious. Like, there's a reason why Aussies and Kiwis are like that because if you can't launch on the backs of success, the fuck is the point of success? Mm, Within reason. Exactly. That's, mm. it's peaks and troughs theories, right? Like, the bigger the trough, yeah. the bigger the peak. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't make and any it, sense. And, like, I'd argue that my peak is considerably lower than most other pro cyclists, but the climb is way bigger because I start <laughs> real low. 
if, if we're measuring altitude gains, you've yeah. peaked higher than everybody. <laughs> you've, you've done the most. You've done the most like out like the most vertical gain over a year. Yeah. The only reason the only reason I stop digging my trough is because it starts getting too warm as I approach the equator, and then I'm like, oh, <laughs> but I've got to get out of here now. Imagine if you started climbing from sea level, how good you'd be. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we were saying off air, Bills, before you jumped on. Obviously, looking at the tour, do you think you could have avoided those crashes in that first week? No. Mm. And we were saying and- this: if you gun to your head, right, you had to continue. This is where we just talk, we were just saying off the back when you weren't here. Yeah, if you had to continue gun to your head, no matter how many bones you broke. What? How many bones did you have broke? Even if every time you broke one, you had to get back on your bike and keep riding until they crashed again. What was the count by the end? Oh, for me, I don't know how many bones in a body would have been fifty <laughs> percent. I'd say. I'd I, say all I, those I, crashes happen right in your area too, like right where you have to ride every day. Like mm, you know, you you just mm. know you would have been there because that's right where all the big engines were trying to keep their guys out. I, I I I don't think. Yeah, I, I, well, obviously most people didn't avoid those crashes anyway. I was watching oh, just after the first stage. I was catching up with Daryl Limper, who's obviously not there this year because of an injury as well. And he, um, I both I said to him like, mate, if we were there, we'd be out by now anyway. Probably both of us would have crashed. Mm-hmm. Both of us would have broken a bone. Yeah, it was gnarly. I guess that's a that's a pretty good way to identify people in Tokyo who did the did the tour, right? Because they'll still be racing with bandages. <laughs> How are you feeling for the road race anyway, George? Are you sniffed to take out uh, gold for New Zealand? Because fuck, mate, that'd be huge for the hits. That'd be huge yeah. for the potty. I, I actually yeah, think I that if you if you were to bag gold, I reckon you would officially give the potty the ass, or at least be like, guys, I might be able to pop in December, but it'll all depend on if if I get that two weeks in hotel quarantine, I'll be able to slip you in on day four. <laughs> Um, how am I feeling? Yeah, yeah, feel good. I don't it's, know. It's, it's just, how do you tell? Do you? You know. And it's a it's a one day race, eh? Like it's so different. You know, yeah. like it, I you only got like everything's going well. There's nothing to say. Nothing to say. Like you know, like it's all been it's all been a smooth run. Let's say so. Like oh, you just gotta hope for a good day, don't you? Hope that everything's right. Hope the tactics right. Everything like that. So much can go wrong, um, but it's, what's the cir- what's the circuit like? It's it. Where are you going? Like, Mount, I haven't looked at any of it. Is it going up Mount Fuji or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you come back down, go around the racetrack. That's the only thing I like knew before coming here was from playing um, Gran Turismo Mount, Mount <laughs> Fuji circuit. Oh yeah. Um, the last the last climb's real hard, isn't it? Like ten percent for seven k or something. Actually, me and Patty rolled out day one, just got off the plane. Like, oh, I made this loop on Strava without looking like at the profile, and I was like, oh, this looks cool. There's like a little lake up there, right around there. Made and we were riding. We're like, oh, this climb's pretty steep. Got to the top after like, you know, twenty four hours of travel, just rooted like, and then yeah. <laughs> we're climbing, just got steeper and steeper and steeper. Come back to the hotel, and we're like, oh wait, that was the final climb accidentally did it day one off the plane and it, yes it's steep it's hard um it's also really how lo- hot how long is it that climb like in minutes like Only 30 minutes or nah nah like the, the hard bit's like 18 minutes oh yeah and then it's plateau on the top so it's like 
like we've got to like it's gonna be like yeah you can drop well and stuff but can you drop him by enough you know like if he's just mm. dangling off the back you're in trouble Mate, but who's gonna it- who's gonna ride with him like let's say you're away like let's say you're away with Pogachar and Roglic to the top of the climb and then you've got Van Aert is like 30 seconds behind in a group say of like three or four other guys are you actually gonna are you gonna ride if you're with Van Aert I guess well, you're I guess lose the, the race if you don't yeah, I guess the Olympics is different too because you're actually like to get third at the Olympics is still something because you get a medal. Mm. Whereas like in, a, in in the other race, you get you either win or you don't. But like the Olympics, it's still worth riding for third mm. to get the medal. Mate, the, oh, the, mate, the, 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 the one bit of advice I'll Next give run. you, George, you, you, have to <laughs> yeah. get, you have to get in the break of the day because the Olympics That's are sorry. fucked at getting organized at the back, mate. I'm telling you. Like, it's a shit show. The break of the day, most of the time, will be there at the pointy end. If, if we're in for a bad day or whatever, and it doesn't go mm-hmm. more, I'll, like, say you're out the race, you crash or something happens or whatever, and you're sitting on the sideline, I would love to watch the break of the day go to the line. It'd be, mm. You know, <laughs> you can imagine. It'd like... be so good, eh? But mm. remember this. Okay, let's think about your brand, GB, as I hold up my Vix inhaler. Um... The Kiwis, the time zone, is perfect for the first time mm. in a long time. So the boys time. have all told me it's 2 p.m. Saturday, so there's various groups. So lots of, key, lots of Kiwis are going to be watching. You've got to think mm. about all those people in New Zealand watching. Get in the fucking break of the day, and then all social media lights up. We've got a Kiwi in the break. It spreads, it spreads, it spreads. Fuck it, man. Like, then when, you know, the, the road race finishes, say it doesn't work out, you'll get so much fucking press on the back of being in the break. And if you get caught and you get piped away, who cares? It's about TV time. When? TV when time. Break on. Yeah. And, knowing, and knowing George like we do, that's exactly what he's after. Yeah, <laughs> TV time. It's all about the Publicity. marketing. Love it. Public, yeah. Think of all the interviews you could do, George. Oh, just awesome. straight after the race, just fucking nonstop. You'll have to get someone to book a ball in. You get to hang, awesome. out, hang out in the mid zone for half an hour after the race. Yeah. Talk talking Sounds to like New Zealand Herald, Sky Sport. Oh stuff.co and then Rotor Road Daily Post. I was gonna win and nope. crash myself so I wouldn't have to go through that. <laughs> <laughs> Superman into the gutter. <laughs> who's who's the favorite there? The Pog man, probably. Uh Pog. Yeah, yeah. Pog, Adam Yates. Mm. Pog, Rog. Um, yeah. Well, Van Aert. Well, yeah. A lot of names. I looked at the start list, and there was probably twenty times I went, "Oh, that guy's good." Oh, that. Oh, what about, I forgot about him. Oh shit, mm-hmm. he's here. You know, you're going. Oh man, so many guys are going to win this race. But people also think that about you when they see you. So it's, that's you know, right. Like and true, like in truthfulness. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, um, of course. Like uh, it's weird the Olympic road race, though, because not that I've ever done one. But it's such small teams, you know. Yeah, only four that riders. Makes it only really f- weird. Four riders to a team makes it so hard. Like when you look at the selections, like if you look at the, um, I don't know. Let's look at like Great Britain team for example. It's like almost yeah. four leaders. Who so rides? How do you, do that? you know, yeah. Like how do you how do you approach it? The breakaway goes, but someone's got to eventually ride. So potentially yeah. on that team, I mean, you got Tao, G, Adam, and Simon, and I guess like, you know. All, all of them won Grandy. Oh, Adam hasn't won a Grandy, but Adam's potentially the best one-week stage racer, you know, behind Pog and Rog. So then you go, 
or one of these guys going to have to put their hand up and go, okay, I'll, I'll ride. Mm. Or, or do they just go, all right, we've got four guys. Let's just launch them early and make everyone else chase. Cause you can't let Tao go up the road. You can't let Simon, can't let yeah. Adam, can't let G up the road. So they just launch. Yeah. And then you go, you know, then maybe Italy tags them, maybe not Nivoli, but maybe uh, Chaconi or something. And then you go on and eventually like everyone's happy because they've all got like their, let's say their B rider, who's still, you know, one of the best riders in the world up the road. That's just, it is true. Like when you, with, with four man teams, like at, at the world champs, when you have like eight man teams or whatever it is, there's, there's always like going back to, to, to Great Britain, they'd have like Luke Rowe or something, you know, who would mm. obviously be there dedicated to ride, control the race to set up for the leaders in the final. You look at the, that team for the Olympics with those four guys, you look at Italy, You've got Nibali, Moscon, Ciccone, and Caruso. All guys that can win the race. Like, all those teams have got, like, they don't have anyone specifically there. They're all highly paid race winners, you know? Like, they don't have mm. anyone there that's going to be like, oh, he's a clear guy that's working for this guy. Like, it's like, who the fuck's the leader? How do they approach it? How do, mm. how do you actually not cock it up in a way? Because, yeah, the breakaway will probably be small and it'll go far and everything. But again... You got to put guys on the front at some point. Yeah, someone has to do it, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Like if no one chases, that's why you got to get in the break. They can't sort the <laughs> shit out at the back, mate. Get in the break, and you'll go to the line. You win the goal. That's it. You heard it here Just, first. Breaks going. All you heard the way. it here first. It's going all the way. Like twenty twelve mm. was a shit show. Remember there was a break of Stewie was yeah. in it. Yeah, that like was the Invino one. Yeah. yeah, they couldn't organise at the back. Because remember, Power. Cavendish think, was the favourite, remember, Bills? And they were yeah. going to try and set up the sprint. They couldn't fucking sort their shit out. Did the break survive in 2012? Was Bauer in the Yeah. Race? Big group. Bauer ran like 10th, I think. Yeah, yeah, was sure that actually was the sixth. break or was, did they launch into the race, halfway through the race? They, yeah, they went. They weren't the, it wasn't the break, but it went like on the last time up Box Hill or something. But from there was still 40k to the finish, but they couldn't keep, They couldn't control it. They couldn't get it together and they couldn't bring it back because it was too The big. only thing I remember about that finish was a bizarre Rego Vino thing at the end. Mm. Oh, yeah, when he looked up like and then he attacked on the side. There was, yeah. yeah that was sus. That was sus. I heard uh, whispers about something, but Could I know nothing. <laughs> let's, not cast, let's, let's not cast suspicions. No, 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 not at all. Um, um, if you want to Google it, go for it. Uh, anyway. How's the how's the food there, GB? Was it sushi or what? What's the story? No shortage of rice. Um, Tepanyaki. Oh, how good is the rice though? Like with rice, rice. What is it? Rice vinegar or something? So good. Why why doesn't the rest of the world cook rice like this? I know. Uh, yeah. So good. And have you had a ramen? They don't do ramens in the buff foot buffet. Ramen, 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 ramen. Ramen, the where they no, nah, no ramen, mate. No nah, soup, noodles, and shit. Yeah. What I've noticed is they love to sneak sugar into stuff, though. Like, you try and get some eggs, like, I'm someone's just sneaked it. Sugar into an omelet, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, not bad. So, after your race, are you literally that's it? You're in the plane, no, I'm in the TT what, as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. hanging out the TT. Um, try not to humiliate myself too much, and then next day out of there. Back into um, back to Andorra. Yeah, and is Craig Gator running the show down there? Yeah, Geats gets in tonight, so he'll be he's grumpy at the best of times. So imagine him up there, <laughs> jet lagged. And anyone, any, anyone that doesn't know, Craig Gator is a mechanic at uh, Bike Exchange. He looks like Carl Pilkington. Mm. He sounds like him, acts like him. He's just grumpy, 
like hilarious like one of yeah. the funniest blokes we had a cracking night out in um japan cup 2012 it was me geats Joachim, and that was when we were walking up the street and we were with fumi beppu and we we're looking to go to like a nightclub or karaoke bar and this guy jogging past had like a towel around his neck and uh i stopped him i was blind we we're drinking like sake and shit and i said hey mate you know karaoke karaoke he goes yeah yeah, yeah. come with me come with me and he took us in there and yeah like he jumped up on stage this japanese guy and we're seeing karaoke and he whipped he had like snap pants on and whipped them off and was wearing a leopard g-string and he was where he was a professional karaoke singer <laughs> like it was what? unbelievable professional karaoke singer and then fumi Bep Beppo was so blown away. He got him to do the entertainment for every team he's been on ever since at the end of Japan Cup. This guy just gets wow. up and busts the tunes out. But um, yeah, Geats and, great, great and Joachim are coming in tonight, so Joachim's our Swanee for the, for the as well. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Are they going to let them and Al in the police waiting for them at customs or what? <laughs> Alberto's mechanic as well, eh? Yep. Yeah, we've got full yeah. bike exchange set up. you got the full bike exchange kit. you got the bus? Yeah, bus. Yeah. When you see Joachim, ask him about the time in Canada that um, he slipped vodkas in Gita's beers at this Orica function. <laughs> Just ask you about that. Because Gita had three beers, but Joachim was putting shots of vodka in it as well. And Gita's diabetic, you know, so like he needs to level out this shit. And uh, yeah, by the end of the night, it was, um, yeah, just ask Gita about that. It's a funny story. Good times. All right. Well, that's enough dirt on Viking Z stuff. So um, I'm actually going to yeah. you boys and head to dinner. Are you nice. guys no gonna, worries, mate. Are you guys going to let this? I remember last time I looked at it earlier, you, you sort of really slipped in and started asking about, Sam, about the economics of cycling teams or something. And mm. Oh, yeah. Off. Yeah. Well, well, let's, well, let's be very clear to our listeners. We've had a month off the podcast. You would have thought that that's given us plenty of time to organise our episode, our first episode back. We made it very clear we were coming back before the Olympics. We could have done a lot of preparation. Yeah. And the way it went, guys, listeners, for your information was, yesterday I sent a message to the group and said, who's up for a podcast tomorrow? Within about three seconds, we went off on a complete ramble about Baden-Cook on Survivor Australia. I didn't even talk about organising the show. So then again, yeah. this morning I messaged, what's the plan, lads? And George said, yeah, jump on now. I've got dinner in an hour. So here we are. Completely unorganized. Mm. We had no topics, no topics in mind, no run sheet, and we've so far we've made it through twenty six minutes, and I don't know, we've only offended what four or five people, I'd say, so far. Well, I will say this: I'll make a prediction. Your favourite for a New Zealand gold medalist at this games would have to be Laurel Hubbard. I think uh, <laughs> she's going to absolutely mop up the weightlifting. Um, sensational story. So, um, if you don't win gold. GB, don't worry. You're definitely going to win it in the weightlifting, mate. So I think New Zealand in for a good show. I don't think I would. <laughs> all right. All right, mate. Enjoy. All the best. Right, no mate. worries. Good luck. Good luck. See you, See you bro. George Bennett, uh, great to have him live from Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he just when I threw in the Laurel Hubbard, his eyes just rolled like, yeah. what the fuck did I agree to do this? <laughs> Could have him to come on though. <coughs> yeah, yeah, but it's um, 
it's normally the 45 minute mark where he goes, Yeah, I'm fucking over this. I'm out. Mm. <laughs> this is the 25 minute mark. So we'll sort of, I think it'll be five minute increments as uh, each show progresses. But no, nah, it's good. Good, good for him to come on for sure. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, I'm interested to see how he goes. Eh? I reckon he'll go pretty good. I, I think, I reckon George, like, maybe hasn't admitted it to himself yet or unbeknown to himself yet. But honestly, I reckon he's like, a world-class one-day bike rider. Like if you mm. if you look back, like he was second in Lombardia. He won um, whatever. What did he win that Italian one-day race of the week before Lombardia? Like he he always he won the New Zealand Championships, all one-day races. Like he he boxes around in one-day races like real well. And I think mm. this course here in Tokyo with that last climb, it's right up his alley. Um, like obviously a medal is a is a long shot for for anybody in a in a cycling event, but I if I was a Kiwi um, sports fan, yeah. which is a good part of New Zealand, they'll all I be think behind you. I, I think you are a Kiwi sports fan, aren't you? I am, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'd be I'd be watching though. I'd be watching George, and but I'd be I... watching Paddy. Like, on a, we didn't we didn't talk about Paddy, but man, I reckon Paddy Bevan, who's there riding the time right riding the road race and the time trial, he's a real shot at a medal in the time trial. Mm. He mm. he's done like the consistently the last three or four years at the world champs in the time trial, he's been top five every yeah. year, every year. And the course is hard and Paddy's a good, he, he's a good climber for a time trial rider. It's a course that suits him. I honestly reckon that Paddy's also a, a genuine, like outside, but a chance at a middle. I I was dead serious about getting in the early break, like for, for this day. And I think what COVID's taught us is, it's not predictable racing. Like it's 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 hard to sort your shit out. Like mm. even if you look at races like the Giro, how many breaks went to the line? How many first time winners? Um, it's all up in the air. They're not going to sort their shit out at bringing a break back if nah. if there's a couple of strong guys in it. Get in the early break and with the time zone with New Zealand. I know we like take the piss about you know uh, the media and all that. Still, like that'd be a buzz. Like, yeah. you know, being in the break and, and being at the pointy end because I, I just wouldn't want to be with all the hitters at the back when they start gassing it up, trying to be caught up in the washing machine. Just And, and obviously it's a, it's bloody hard to get in the break, but when you've got bugger yeah. all numbers as well, like, just commit. Commit to or the like, hit. Or you just anticipate the, the final a little bit, little bit more. Like, maybe not so easy on this course because I think there's not a – after they do Mount Fuji, they come back down onto the racetrack and then they go and do that final climb. I don't know if there's much room. Obviously, it's going to kick off on that final climb. That's where the favourites are going to start like throwing hammer and tongs at each other. But if you could anticipate that and get away a little bit beforehand, that's also a good way to race the finals. That's like often how guys race the finals in um, the classics these days, like in Tour of Flanders and all that. Like you, the final, let's say the, the 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 racing final starts like 50k to go. Then you try to get away like 80k to go in a small group, get a bit of it anticipated a little bit. It's also a good option for George, but on that course, I don't know. I, mm. I think he can follow, like, you know, I mean, probably no one can follow Pogacar and Roglic. Like, that's just the reality of it. But he, he can certainly follow the next guys. And if there's, to, there's enough time after that last climb to come back, if you're in a decent sized group and you're within 30 seconds, you know? Isn't the scary part that don't you, after doing a three-week grandy, like a week after you've got some of the best legs of your life, like if Pog doesn't 
cook himself and rests up and tries to recover a bit for a one-day race. Like, you see some guys that have gone pretty deep at the tour and go out and do San Sebastian and have an absolute blinder. I mean, if he if he's on top form, fuck, on that last climb, he's just going to mm. smash him. Yeah. And it's real weird, how, like, Grand Tour, like, they talk about Grand Tour legs, and it is, it is true that, like, you know, within a week or two after a Grand Tour, not for everyone, but you can you can be going pretty well, obviously, because you've just done a massive workload. But you always feel shit. Even if you're going real good, you always feel shit. And, like, like I've had it before after the Giro I race, a one-day race in Switzerland, and I, and, like, I just felt shit. Like every lap of the climb, I was like, oh, no, nah, I haven't recovered from the Giro. I haven't recovered. I'm just, like, slogging away, slogging away. And then all of a sudden, you're like, fuck, there's only 20 guys left. And I'm still here. You know, mm. so it's like a, you don't necessarily feel that good, but you actually are going real well. So it's going to be a week is a pretty short turnaround when you're chucking a long haul flight, a time zone change, um, you know, like different climate, the high humidity of, of Japan. Like it's 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 a short it is a short turnaround. And I think you're probably going to see a bit of a mix of yeah, some guys coming from the tour like Pogacar, who's just so good mixed in with guys like Roglic, who hasn't hasn't done the Tour de France because of because of the crash, but I don't know how he's pulled up. Mixed in with guys that yeah did race the Tour but didn't race it hard, you know maybe guys like Fulsang or something like that. Nibali who stopped early, uh, didn't race for the GC, like all those guys. And then you're going to get like the guys like George and a few others that didn't do the Tour at all. Uh, it's going to be it, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Do you um do you reckon we obviously called it last year with our hashtag? Oh well, twenty. 22 and it's fucking bang on the money because this oh, year's yeah. been a total fucking write-off yeah um but could you imagine take the olympic branding out of it imagine having an event where people are coming in from all over the world when we can't sort this shit out with the pandemic and then you're locking them all together in high rises in the athletes village like this shit's going to kick off mm. like every day of the olympics there's going to be more stories about Ah oh, fuck! It's gone through an entire weightlifting team, or the fucking the, the Swedish judo team. Are, they're out. You know, yeah. boxers fucking tested positive just before the bat. Mate, every day, like people yeah. are just not going to be able to keep up with the amount of shitstorm and and those stories of people that go, "Oh man, I'm fucking gutted. I spent four years training for this event, and I got done because." I bumped shoulders with this prick at the buffet and now I'm fucking out. Mm. You know, four years. <laughs> and do you know what? Like, do you know, do you know what would have been a way to pull off a successful Olympics? And this, is, this would be hugely controversial and highly uh, irresponsible. But mm. if, if they had said, righto, the Olympics, your events on whatever date, you're only allowed to be there for five days before and you've got to leave straight away after your event. So you're in the village or you're in your bubble for five days maximum. That's it. Mm. You do all this rigorous testing, COVID testing before you come, whether that's like every day for 10 days before you get on the plane, you get on the plane, you fly, you land, they do a test straight away when you're at the airport. If that's, if that's negative, you're, you're released into your bubble, whether it be in the village or whether it be in this hotel that the bike riders are in. And then for those five days, no testing. No testing. You just, yeah, just a, a, assume everybody everybody entered their bubble negative and now we're not going to test. Yeah. And that like that's hugely irresponsible, obviously, and that's why they're not doing it. But it would have almost been the only way to pull off a successful Olympics without yeah. without 
it going like without the whole world going, oh, fuck, the Olympics shouldn't have happened because now there's been 500 positive COVID cases and now the village is rampant and now people in Japan are scared and everything. Like, obviously, you can't do that and it's a silly idea, but would it work potentially? Well, there's going to be stories of people that have won gold that will test positive like half hours or a couple of hours after the event, right. for Wait, sure. What about, what about Bernal? He won the Giro two days later positive for COVID. Yeah. You know, like obviously you can't assume anything, but if if you're, I don't know, I, I don't know if there's, there shouldn't be any leeway for, for, the, for athletes, of course not, but you wonder if, you know, if you're a big, big superstar, say if Usain Bolt was still running, you know, he was going for his fifth Olympic gold medal in five Olympic cycles and he was positive the day before his 100 metres, what are they doing, you know? Mm, yeah. It's um, it ju- it's just amazing that at the end of the day, it comes down to money. You know, mm. they're talking about fifty billion dollars that Japan pumped into this Olympics, and I don't know. Like you, you hear about, oh, you know, the the financial benefit of promoting the the country and that for tourism, fucking tourism. That's off the radar for the next doesn't exist five ten years. Like that's was, it. Was there ever? I don't know if I missed it, but was there ever a a debate or an argument over holding the Olympics, like post- postponing it another year and having it next year, or was it that wasn't an option? It was on. I don't think it was off. an option. Yeah, it was either this year or that was it, because then you're overlapping with the Winter Olympics and then your backlog and and then preparation for events and that. I think they're pretty much like that's it. It's this year or that's done. And then what yeah. do they do? You can't write off fifty billion dollars. Like no. you can't just push them all back. Like they just had to do it. Like rain, hail, or shine. But on the flip side, like we're we're in lockdown here in Melbourne, and it's been extended extended another week. The games has come at a pretty good time in terms of there's fuck all to do. Like yeah. you're locked in, you can do some work now, and with the time zone, you're like, all right, saddle up. I'm, I'm yeah. going to get into it. I'm going to get into it. Like rock climbing. Who we got? Who's who's a chance? Yeah, like, yeah, you know, get into it. Oh yeah, the games is. I everyone loves the Olympic games. It's so good. Like it's the only time that. Like sports fans or not, they watch they watch sport and they watch all sorts of sport, all sorts of random sport, you know. Like I don't watch swimming or um rock climbing, like you say, or skateboarding. Yeah. I don't watch I never watch that stuff. But if there's but a I gold will, up for grabs, but I will watch like, it at the Olympics. Yeah, you know? And and that's what the Olympics does. And that's I guess, yeah. It, it's obviously being controversial whether it should have happened or not blah 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 but ultimately like in a nutshell simplify it all down people need it people yeah. need it now like all around the world especially like okay i know there's not as many countries in lockdown now and like a lot of the european countries are uh, coming out of restrictions now but you guys have just plummeted into them like it's it's time to watch Sport, eh? Feel good about something. Feel good about someone else. But what, what's your take on the UK? I see it's like Freedom Day and they've just gone, ah, yeah. oh, fuck it. 70%, fork it, out you go, no restrictions. Like, that's going to bite them in the ass, I feel. Yeah, but wh- when's the fucking end game, bro? Like, uh, like you know, like at the, uh, at the end of the day, this fucking virus is here with us forever, forever. And if, if you try to, if you do these big vaccination drives and, like they did in the UK, they go, let's go, boys, let's get everyone vaccinated, let's whack it out, um, because that's the only way to go back to normality. <clears throat> they've they've reached the goal now of herd, herd immunity or whatever you call it, 
X amount of people vaccinated. Yes, if if you can't open up, then when can you open up? Like, yeah, that's a good point. Eighty-five percent. Yeah, where's the end game? hundred percent. Like at, at a certain point, you have to. The world has to open, and we have to learn to live with this virus. And mm. if if the end game is not having ninety percent of the population vaccinated to open up, then what the fuck is the end game? Man, I, can get me back. I can get me vaccinated in three weeks because I yeah, turned nice. forty. And as I said last year on the potty, I'm not celebrating my fortieth this year. I'm sitting in a dark room in the corner. I'm just gonna Damn. shut it down. I might have a couple of G and T's, and then next year I'm gonna have a twentieth um, anniversary party for my twenty first birthday. Yeah, nice. I like it. Yeah, just write it off. Why? Why would you invest? any money or any mental preparation for any big party or event this year. We mm. told people almost 12 months ago, I reckon it was in August last year, fucking write the year off. And we were mm. bang on the money. At the time, people were going, oh, geez, that's a bit negative. No, no. Where are we at? 2022 has been a bag of shit. Yeah. Write it off. Write it off. It ain't getting any better either. It's getting <laughs> so, worse for you guys. Like Australia's <laughs> up shit creek, eh? Yeah. Oh, mate, we're we're... What do they say? King I rooted. <laughs> we're fucked. <laughs> so, we're, we're up, up the bloody creek without the paddle, mate. That's right. So people are just I'm over a, it. They're fucking over it. I'm heading back to New Zealand. I got my flights in my MIQ hotel booked the other the other week. Mm. And uh, heading back to New Zealand at the end of the year for the first time in two years. Like I'm moderately, I wouldn't say highly concerned, but moderately concerned that like – I'm going to come back after two years of New Zealand living a normal mm. life, being COVID-free, mm. that I'm going to come back just as it fucking hits. Yeah. And you'd just be thinking, why the fuck did I bother? Like, shut this, keep this trans-Hasman bubble shut, man. Don't let the Aussies in. No, don't. Don't. No. Scumbags. We'll just spread it. We'll spread it. Like Close it off. Vegemite and butter, mate. We'll just spread it all <laughs> over your clean rolling hills. Yeah, just fucking shut that shit down. <laughs> anyway, oh, fuck yeah. it. George is yeah. right. We did. We were always going to get negative after he left. <laughs> we're always going to go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> but I, I think it's it's good to be back, Bills. I think like a short and sharp Tokyo preview. What do you think mm. in terms of results for George? What's the cutoff where he'll be up for another potty? Like what 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 has to happen in the race for him to go social distance? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump on when I get home. I reckon midfield. Like midfield? I reckon, if he wins, we'll never see him again. No, if he if he gets last, we'll never see him again. If but he gets if bronze, if he gets bronze, a weird chance. Yeah, I reckon. Like maybe not initially, because he'll he'll be too under the pump with other media obligations. Yeah. And but like eventually, like and I've experienced this firsthand. Like mm. you win an Olympic medal. It's all bells and whistles and roses and like you know as much as you hate them the, the the attention and the constant interviews and stuff at the same time it's a little bit addictive you know you get involved you get involved in all of that stuff and then eventually you come home and you go no one gives a fuck anymore you know <laughs> and it's like it's just like the post olympic depression it's real so then the- he'll need the podcast to, to come back to life you know so we'll we'll just regardless we'll have to wait We'll have our own sort of podcast quarantine after the road race. He'll need two weeks just to mentally get in the headspace to mm-hmm. get back on board. 
But we we should just do a recap ourselves of the road race and yeah, break no, down what happened. We will. We'll, we'll the road race on Saturday. We'll do another episode starting next week. Um, yeah. We'll get. I reckon we'll get George on, he, mate. Like he, he was, was all, right. he yeah. Was he right. was he was keen to come on today. Um, yeah. You know, we might not get him for the full hour, but we never do. What and, was the what was the best perk of winning uh, Olympic medal? Where was the part where you go? This is fucking cool. Was it an interview? Was it an after party? Because obviously you've done it twice, 08 and 12. Mm. What was the best perk? Uh, the, the parties were pretty good after. Like Beijing was real good. I was 21 years old. We had 10 days still in the village after we competed. And like um, Oakley used to do a massive party. And like that was sort of like exclusive in a, in a way. Like you couldn't just go to the Oakley party. You had to be like invited. And like if you won a medal, you were invited. Through through the like Oceania thing, and that was always pretty. That was always that was a pretty good night. The Oakley party was always sort of the biggest party of the games. Did you see famous anyone massively famous there? Yeah, remember Lolo Jones, the the hurdler. Yeah, and yeah. she 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 was like the favourite to win the gold in Beijing, and she tripped on the hurdle in the final. And That's right, got squat. Yeah. She was at the Oakley party. Yeah, on the Did top of the tables. To no, nah, she was just blind. We we're all blind. Yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah, good. Um. No, nah, but I don't know. It's it's pretty cool. Like it is quite cool when you when a, like especially in London and uh, and Beijing because of the time zone. Like we had to do like live. I remember in London we had to do live um, like six pm news in New Zealand. We, mm. we had to go on live and do an interview and stuff. And so that was like six am or seven am or something in um, London the following day. And like it was it hurt at the time but when you look back it's, it was actually pretty fun like because we just went on the piss all night after we won the, the medal oh, like, yeah. all our families were there so like we hadn't seen our families for months and they were all there in the stands so then like we finished the, ga- the the race went back had a shower did a couple of interviews and things and then we went out to the pubs to meet our families so we had like the, t- the whole team to seat team together with all their families and like it was a great night and then you get you roll home at, like three in the morning and then three hours later you're doing this live interview on New Zealand network news like half the country watching it and you're just like it <laughs> like it's, it's good good fun the uh um, didn't you go you get you didn't you go back and speak to your school that would have been yeah. good yeah i went back to the school a couple of times it was pretty cool when you go home but but it is true like man when i got home from the from beijing we got home like probably two weeks after the we'd won the medal and like for a and like I landed, I think we we landed on like a weekday. <clears throat> I landed at Rotary Airport, and like my whole family was there, and um, you know there was like local local journalists there and everything. And so we sort of hung out at the airport for an hour doing some interviews and like you know with the family and photos and all this stuff. And then I jumped in the back of the, the old man's Toyota Hilux with five hundred thousand k on the clock of it, and fucking door rattling away, and drove into the drove home, got dropped my suitcase off, and Dad was like, "All right, mate." Mum and dad were like, right, I've got to, got to go to work. And they went to work. And I was just sitting there in my, in my parents' house at like three in the afternoon on a Wednesday, just won Olympic medal. Like, That's it. Yeah, right. It's like, those, it's like those penguins on Madagascar, you know, when they like break out of, they break out of the zoo and they want to go to Antarctica and they finally yeah. get to Antarctica and they're just standing there and it's just this wind-blowing ice shit hole. And they're like, this fucking sucks. Colin Hay from Men at Work did a whole spiel about that. And he said everything was a rush when you're at the peak of your fame. He mm. goes, you know, you're playing at concerts at Rio in front of 110,000. Everyone's like, wow. And you get in, you know, you're in the limo and you rush around. It's like people banging on doors. It's like, wow. 
and you're rushing into the hotel and they're all screaming what your autograph and all that and you're pushing through and blah, blah. And then you finally get up to your room, shut the door and you sit down and you go, what the fuck did I rush for this? There's, like, there's, there's nothing now. Like, that's yeah. it. Yeah. It's the same and, sort of thing. Yeah. And like, I don't mean to like make it sound all shitty negative. It's pretty cool, you know, and I'm still proud of what I, what I did. But it's true, man. At the end of the day, like it all it all subsides at some point and you've got to move on with your life. You can't live off or live off that for the rest of your life, that's for sure. Yeah, but it must be different. Like obviously I'm never gonna be an Olympian. Let's get that straight. Um you get a sex change and do some weightlifting. That's right. Um <laughs> give it a crack. But I think it must be cool just to have in your lifetime to say, I represent my country, I went to the Olympics. And I won a medal. So every time the Olympics comes around, you know, all those emotions that get stirred up or whatever. It's like for me, if I see, you know, Facebook's a bastard at that, you know, when they do Mm. like um, the memory stuff. And with COVID, it makes it fucking harder because like when they go, hey, on this day, six years ago, you lived in Europe and you had fucking amazing life. It's like, ah, piss off. Whereas, (laughs) you know, like with olympics it must be cool knowing that um yeah it's going to come around four years and every every time it does it's going to bring up awesome memories it'd be fucking awesome the the olympics is a funny thing and especially for new zealand like and uh, like the new zealand olympic team has this like this sort of mantra of creating like we're we're a small country we're bad above our average um We've only got 150 athletes at the Olympics compared to a thousand Americans or whatever. So they create this little, like in the Olympic village in the New Zealand house, they really try to create this like New Zealand, like we're one family sort of spirit, you know? And it's, yeah, it's, it's good. It's, it's good, but it's, it's kind of, I don't know if I really, I didn't really buy into it that much when I was at the Olympics because out of those 150 people, you've got like people there that are genuine medal, medal chances. People that are genuinely like on the edge of potentially winning a medal or certainly having a good result, and then you've got guys that like probably aren't going to have success, you know. Mm. And so you get this real mix of vibe where like you've got all these people, and the New Zealand team really, Olympic team really try to push it, push it, push it. Like everyone come and hang down, like in the in the common room in the lounge, and there's always someone with his guitar, and there's always like someone's people singing, and the, the, you have this like real group of Olympic athletes that they were the same for me in Beijing and London, that were always like center of it. You know, they were downstairs, they were like playing the guitar and they were, they kind of became like the the real popular people. Do they have their go-to like classic, it would have had to have been classic Kiwi tracks, yeah. Yeah. But like- What's the time, Mr. Wolf? What's the time? Those people became like the real center of the New Zealand Olympic team. And yeah. they were the ones who were like kind of popular and kind of like loved, and then they mm. they go on to have jobs with the with the New Zealand Olympic Committee when they retire from their sport and stuff. Whereas like, me and my teammates, we didn't buy into that shit. Like we, not that it's shit, but it kind of is a little bit. And like we, I was there to, to for one thing, man, and that was to win an Olympic medal. You know, so I didn't have time to go and sit down and and be part of all that stuff as much as I appreciated it. That's not why I was there. I was I was there. I was in my room. I was at the food hall. I was at the velodrome. You know, I wasn't I wasn't two days before my event down there like singing, playing guitar, and like getting into this kumbaya bullshit. Like fuck, man. Like we're there to win the Olympic medal. Like so, it's a real it's a real funny mix. And like I think that it's quite good for George. Like you know, just to be 
as fun as it can be. It's good if you're there, if you're motivated. George is there to, to have a successful race, you know. Mm. He's away from all that stuff, and obviously it'd be different with COVID. But it's it's a funny thing, the Olympics, eh? Like, I don't, you know, there's, what, 18,000 athletes at the Olympics, and, and only a handful of medals are handed out. And, you know, and at, the reality is not everybody is there to win a medal because they understand that that's not going to happen for them, and they're there for a completely different experience. And that's where it creates a real funny dynamic in the Olympic Village because you do have these people there, like I was, but pig-headed, a bit arrogant, maybe in a sense that I was like, no, nah, fuck that, I'm here to win an Olympic medal. And then the same guys in the same building as me going, fuck, I'm here to experience the Olympics, you know, uh, meet, meet people and stuff. It's quite a funny dynamic, but um, it's good fun after you've competed because then you just get a bit more into it and do you, you start do you do you find another weird thing is you have some athletes, right, and they think they spend their whole life, they want to win gold, right, and that is going to define who they are as a person. You win gold, you fucking made it. But how many examples are there of gold medalists over the years that people go, oh, really, they win gold? At the end of the day, it's a big thing in the moment, but after a certain amount of time, like, let's be honest, no one really gives a fuck. Mm. So there's a bit of a mental danger zone for certain athletes that, spend their whole life going, I will have to win gold. And when they do achieve that, that period afterwards, but where people move on and they mm. go, good on you, mate. Don't that's, care. That's like where we're in sport. Like I reckon it's, it takes a long time to work this out. And I listened to a podcast. I don't know if you sent it to me with being from Ben Crow. And yeah. he talks about like sport is what you do. It's not who you are, you know? And that's, and I think that when people get that mixed up and they think sport is who they are, then mm. you know their successes and all that stuff. They without them, they they do like plummet into these like dangerous you know periods of their life because they can't separate themselves from what they did. And yeah. they go they go like, oh, I was I'm an Olympic gold medalist, and like no one knows that, and no one gives a shit, and oh, I feel like a fucking now I feel like what was it all for? You need to separate that and go. That's what I did, and I did it well. But that's not who I am. What I am is Sam Bewley, and I'm a fucking top world-class podcaster or whatever you know yeah, yeah. and yeah. like just be who you are and that's that's how you continue forward because you're right man like you win an olympic medal at a certain point that's going to be years and years and years and years ago and it's going to not mean much it's going to mean something to you for forever uh but you can't just like expect that to be the same for everybody around you so yeah it's it's i don't know Put a real negative spin on the Olympics, don't we? Good luck for all the athletes there. <laughs> that, if you win gold, that means shit. People move on. So why fuck the it, fuck would you even bother? Get downstairs and play the guitar. Don't worry about the medal. Mate, at the end of the day, I think that's why George made a good point. You know, Aussies and Kiwis, when we do have success, we celebrate it because mm. it all comes back to, at the end of the day, Everyone's looking for the same thing. It's fucking happiness, Bules. We're getting yeah. deep on the first show back for a while. Good. But anyone watching or listening to this, do whatever you got to do to be happy. Don't buy into the bullshit. Yeah. Fucking whatever you got to do every day to get through. Don't go down the rabbit hole of, you know, substance abuse and stuff that's going to fuck you up long term. But generally, do what you got to do to make you happy. Treat people but- the way you want to be treated and live a fucking happy life. You don't have to be a gold medalist. You don't have to be Olympian. Whatever you got to do, and like, like when when I won that my first medal in Beijing, I was twenty one years old. I was young, and like 
I did think it was everything, you know, and like I and I was in I, I wasn't a professional cyclist then. I was a I rode for the national team for the you know I rode for New Zealand. That's where I went to world champs and to Olympic games and stuff as a member of New Zealand team. And so then you sort of you do become like after the Olympics, yeah, you're like oh Sam Beauty was or and this person this person was an Olympic medalist. People sort of know you a little bit. Like I went back to Rotorua, I went to the bank, and they people recognised my name and. You do get a bit caught up in all that shit, and like mm. when I stopped riding the track after London and I and I just focused on the on my road career, I went back to just being like one of a number of hundred of people hundred people in the pro peloton that just did a job. You know, I didn't have success or whatever, and so with that came like less media attention, less like um, people maybe knowing you in the streets when you're back home in Rotorua, and. For 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 a period, like I kind of was like, oh, dumb, you know. But then, mm. as you get older, you realize like that doesn't mean anything. Like, mm. why why do you need the recognition from those people? Like, it's great, and I appreciate it. Yeah, but yeah. at the same at the same time, like the people that you surround yourself with long term in life, family and friends, that they, they don't care if you, if you have a medal or not. They're proud that you do, but it, it doesn't. It's not conditional to your relationship with that person, you know. And that's where yeah. you need to be. That's where you you, uh, you appreciate like the people with uh, yes yeah, fucking hell this is deep what are we doing Mate, say, something, we... say something funny Jonesy wuzzle wuzzle Simpsons no but like mate at the end of the day we'll wrap it up with the Olympics don't mean shit we wish George all the best and uh, <laughs> what you do as an athlete does not define you as a person no. so if anyone's watching this that isn't an athlete. Fucking keep living your best life. And geez, social distance podcast is turning to David Goggins fucking hour. Motivation. <laughs> Woo! Thank you. Yo! All right. Should All we right. leave on a high or what? Yeah. When, we, when are we going to be back? When are we going to be back? Next week. Monday. We'll do it Monday. New one we'll Monday. Go Monday. After the, after the road race. Monday. With yeah. or without George. If we can't get George, we'll get someone else, eh? Yeah. All right. Beauty. Awesome. Right. Thanks right. for tuning in. Live your best life. Hashtag like, share, subscribe. <laughs> YOLO. Fuck, fuck yeah.